0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 29, my last episode of my Raising Young Athletes podcast. This is the last of five episodes in which I'm exploring the do's and don'ts of sport parenting. In other words, what sport parents should and shouldn't do with themselves, other parents, coaches, and their children. The topic of today's podcast is Don't for Sports Parents. As a general rule, I much prefer to focus on the positives of behavior, so I always emphasize what parents can do to help their young athletes achieve their goals and have great experiences in their sport. At the same time, the reality is that many parents don't always do the right thing for their children, despite the best of intentions. In these cases, I found it helpful to also describe what I consider to be the wrong things to do. Because it creates awareness and sensitivity and acts as a boundary of what is healthy and unhealthy behavior for sport parents. I've provided in this podcast what I believe you don't want to do with yourself, other parents, coaches, and especially with your young athletes. Let's start with don't for yourself. At the heart of don't for yourself is your ability to keep your children's athletic lives at a reasonable and healthy distance from your own. Of course, you want to keep their sports participation close enough to care deeply about that involvement while keeping yourself far enough so that your focus is always on their interests, their needs, their goals, rather than your own. First, don't base your self-esteem on your children's athletic lives. A key theme throughout my Raising Young Athletes podcast is the danger of becoming overly invested in your children's athletic lives to the point where you base your self-esteem on how they perform and the results they produce in their sport. If you place the weight of your self-worth on your children's shoulders, you are putting a crushing weight on them that will pretty much guarantee either failure or profound unhappiness, or both for that matter. Additionally, you'll also be profoundly unhappy because your children fail to make you feel good enough about yourself. And it's not their job, of course. If you don't have other parts of your life, marriage, career, avocations, that give you good feelings and ego gratification, I have three words for you. Get a life. Next, don't care too much about results. As I've stressed in previous episodes, the chances of your young athletes quote-unquote making it in sports meaning at a minimum competing in college and at a maximum reaching the pros or the Olympics, are a near statistical impossibility. So you shouldn't care too much about how your children do in their sport. If you do, you'll only make yourself and your children miserable. Instead, you should care about all the physical, psychological, emotional, and social benefits that I've described throughout my Raising Young Athletes podcast that they will receive from their commitment to a sport. From the American publisher, philanthropist, and diplomat, Walter Annenberg, I shall participate, I shall contribute, and in doing so, I will be the gainer. Next, don't lose perspective. With the attention, money, and fame that awaits the few lucky children who reach the highest level of sport, it's easy to lose perspective on its importance in the quote-unquote food chain of life. Sure, sports may be really important to your children, And it's that priority in their lives that enable them to commit to and to get the most out of it. But as parents, you should see it otherwise. One reality that should be obvious to all sports parents, but often isn't, is that sports are pretty darned unimportant in the grand scheme of things. Certainly, no matter how involved you are in your children's athletic lives, if you step back just a bit, you'll be able to put it in perspective relative to everything else that's going on in your family's lives and in the world at large. Now, that's not to say that youth sports don't have any value. To the contrary, as I've conveyed throughout Raising Young Athletes, sports are wonderful for their fun, physical benefits, and the ability to teach essential life skills. But if you lose sight of what's really important in your and their lives, your children won't get any of the benefits, and they will suffer its many costs. An anonymous quote, Keep calm, it's just a game. Now let's turn our attention to don'ts with other parents. First, don't make enemies of other parents. If your children stay involved in sports for years to come, you'll be seeing the same parents every weekend for at least the next decade or so. One of the most unpleasant experiences sport parents can have is being forced to see and be around other parents on a regular basis with whom there has been conflict or ill feelings. It is really awkward and uncomfortable and sucks the enjoyment out of what should be a great time supporting your young athletes. Of course, you'll come across some parents who aren't your cup of tea, and there are going to be ill feelings and conflicts along the way as kids and teams vie for starting position, wins, standings, and advancement. But it's just not fun being forced to be around people with whom you don't get along. Plus, your children will feel the vibe and it will detract from their experience and their enjoyment. My motto with other parents is, be kind, be accepting, be the grown-up. Next, don't talk about other parents. As with any community, there are going to be parents who are members of a team's in-group and those who aren't. And this divergence can cause gossip to run rampant there are always going to be parents who are different or simply do things which you don't agree with. But talking about other parents is petty and it's unproductive. Instead, I recommend that you talk with them, not about them. If parents you know are different, they probably know they are too and don't seem to fit in. Instead of gossiping about and marginalizing them, why not bring them into the fold? If you have issues with some parents, why not talk with them about it? You may find that there's much more common ground than you think, and it sure beats the heck out of wasting all that negative energy talking about and avoiding them. Now let's turn our attention to don't with coaches. Don't interfere with coaches coaching. You pay your children's coaches good money, though probably not enough, to help your children achieve their sports goals. Why would you want to get in the way of your children's coaches doing their job? you can interfere with their coaching in several ways. First, big no-no, you can try to coach your own kids. This practice is generally a pretty bad idea because unless you played or coached the sport at a high level, you probably don't know what you're talking about. Also, when you coach your kids, you wear two hats that can be confusing to them, your parent hat and your coach hat. When you're coaching them, they don't necessarily know which hat you're wearing. Second, your attempts at coaching get in the way of their coaches actually doing their job. That is coaching. For example, you might tell your young athlete to do one thing technically when their coaches are telling them to do something completely different. Of course, you have the right to give input and receive feedback about your children. But it should never step on the toes of the coaches' efforts, and it should never occur during practices or at competitions when you want the coaches focused on your children. An anonymous quote. A coach will impact more young people in a year than the average person does in a lifetime. Also, don't work at cross-purposes. There are few things more harmful to your children's sports experiences than you having a conflict with their coaches. Whether the differences is philosophical, for example, values, priorities, and goals, or practical, such as equipment, training volume, or competitive schedule, your children will be the ones who suffer for it. You want to ensure that you and their coaches are aligned in the whys, hows, what's, and where's, and when's of their athletic lives. If there is a conflict, you have four choices. You can accept the coach's perspective. You can find common ground and ignore the differences. You and their coaches can compromise on the points of disagreement. Or you can find another coach or youth sports program that better fits your needs and goals for your children. Next, don't for your children. Don't show negative emotions when attending a competition. Your children are highly attuned to your emotions and use that information to determine how they should think, feel, and behave in their sport. If you're stressed out before a competition, they'll probably get really anxious too. If you express frustration and anger during a competition, they will see that you're not happy with how they're performing. If you're noticeably disappointed after a competition, they will likely feel that they're letting you down. No matter how much you try to cover up your emotions and attempt to put on a happy face, your young athletes will see through your facade and know how you really feel. You must do everything you can to not feel or express negative emotions in your children's athletic lives. They will only make your children feel bad. Ideally, having a healthy perspective will absolve you of any negative feelings which are often caused by a loss of perspective. But, In the real world, that's not always possible. In that case, I recommend that if you can't let go of your negative emotions and generate genuine positive emotions when you're with your young athletes in a sports situation, you just plain stay away from them. Don't go to practices. Don't go to games. Though they will certainly notice your absence and perhaps even be disappointed by it, you will do far more harm than good if you stay around them when you're full of negativity. From the politician Lawrence Douglas Wilder, Anger doesn't solve anything. It builds nothing, but it can destroy everything. Next, don't try to motivate your children with guilt. As a sport parent, you probably commit significant amounts of time, energy, and money to the pursuit of your children's athletic dreams. Though you likely do it willingly, if reluctantly, you may nonetheless feel some bitterness and resentment at the opportunity costs that are incurred. These negative feelings can seep out of you and, despite your best efforts, tarnish your children's sports experiences. A not uncommon refrain I hear from sports parents to their children is, After all I do for you. Though intended to motivate young athletes, what it really does mostly is cause your children to feel bad, to feel guilty about the time, energy, and money you're spending and the sacrifices you're making for their sports involvement. Yet, guilt is a truly unhealthy emotion to provoke in your children. It makes them feel really bad. It causes them to feel pressure to perform and it leads them to resent you putting that guilt on them. If you feel angry, bitter or resentful about your investment in your children's athletic lives, that is your problem, not theirs. You need to come to terms with it and not place that burden on their shoulders. You need to decide the investment you want to make and then accept it. If you can't, get out of the sport. Of course, you want your children to fully appreciate and take advantage of the opportunities you're giving them. So, for example, if they're not working hard or taking care of their equipment, you need to have a little talk with them and a discussion of those costs and sacrifices might be appropriate. But it's best not to play the, do you know how expensive your sport is, guilt card to motivate your children. Instead, focus on why they aren't doing their job. Perhaps your children just don't enjoy it any longer and want to do something else. In which case, you'll save yourself a whole lot of aggravation and money by letting them find something else to do. From the Indian guru, Rajanis, parents create guilt. To create guilt in a child is criminal because once the guilt is created, the child will never be free of it. Next, don't look for a financial ROI, return on investment. I've already shared with you that looking for a financial ROI from your children's sports participation will result in a near-certain failure for both you and them. For every Simone Biles and Jordan Spieth you see at the top, there are thousands of athletes who dreamed big but didn't have what it took to climb to the pinnacle of their sport. And don't even think that a college scholarship will be a likely ROI. There are very few of them, and they rarely cover the cost of college you'd be much better off putting all that money that you spend on your children's sport in a 529 account. Of course, then your children would miss out on a lot of fun and all the wonderful benefits of sports participation. From the actor Ryan Reynolds, when you have expectations, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Don't live out your own dreams in your children. In this aspirational culture in which we live, it's so easy to be seduced by that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's especially easy when you have unfulfilled dreams of your own as an athlete. I urge you not to live out your own dreams through your children's athletic pursuits. It's just not their job to fulfill your lost dreams. Simply put, you should have your own dreams and your children should have theirs and they shouldn't mix. Asking your children to live your dream will not only not fulfill your dream, but it will most certainly turn their sports experiences into a nightmare. Don't compare your children's progress with others. Where your young athletes finish when they're young or when compared to others, as I've noted earlier in Raising Young Athletes, says little about where they will be in five or 10 years. Stars at age 12 are often not even in their sport any longer at age 15. Plus, neither you nor they have any control over other athletes. So don't compare your children with other children in their sport. It just makes them feel bad because they will feel incapable and unsupported. What matters is whether your children are progressing toward their goals and having a good time. If you focus on that, they'll get as far as they can. From Theodore Roosevelt, Comparison is the thief of joy. Next, don't negatively motivate. It can certainly be frustrating when your young athletes aren't working as hard as they can. You can feel downright angry as well. In this heightened negative emotional state, you look for ways to motivate them. Instead of stepping back from your ill feelings and looking closely and dispassionately at why they're not putting in their best effort and finding a solution, you will more likely just react and attempt to use some sort of force to motivate them. Negative force, that is. To that end, you may try to badger, harass, use sarcasm, threaten, pressure, use guilt or fear to motivate your children. Admittedly, you may get results out of them for a while because fear and other negative emotions can be a powerful motivator. But at some point, they're going to say, enough is enough, and they'll push back against your harsh tactics and it won't be pretty. They will probably either sabotage their sports efforts or even quit to get back at you. Even worse, your punitive attempts at motivating them will cause real damage to your relationship with them that could be permanent. And such severe methods only make you look like a very bad parent, demean your children, and cause them to distance themselves from you. From Tiger Woods, don't force your kids into sports. I never was. To this day, my dad has never asked me to go play golf. I ask him. It's the child's desire to play that matters, not the parent's desire to have the child play. Next, don't expect results. As I discussed earlier in Raising Young Athletes, expectations related to results are a burden that can crush your children's young athletes' spirits and dreams. You should stay away from these outcome expectations at all cost. Don't ever expect anything of your children in their athletic lives other than their best effort and best behavior. Both of these expectations have several important benefits. Because effort is within their control, if they choose to give their best effort, they're likely to perform well with which will increase their chances of achieving their athletic goals. And if they behave in ways that reflect healthy values, for example, being a good teammate, playing by the rules, taking responsibility, and being a good, gracious winner and loser, they're using sports to practice and more deeply ingrain those values which will help them later in life find happiness, satisfaction, and success well beyond the field of play. A message that I've tried to convey throughout my Raising Young Athletes podcast is that success in sports should be defined far beyond victories, medals, and rankings. As you either approach or continue on your children's journey into the world of youth sports, you can have several other expectations for your children, including fun, an appreciation for physical health and fitness, mastery and love of sports, and of course, those essential life lessons and tools that they can use in all aspects of their lives moving forward. Finally, don't do harm. Your children's sports participation should be a source of challenge, growth, pride, inspiration, and fun for both you and your children. It should be an activity from which you and your children derive joy, excitement, fulfillment, and meaning. It should never be an experience that hurts you or your children, whether physically, psychologically, emotionally, or socially. So, to conclude my Raising Young Athletes podcast, and I write this capitalized, italicized, bolded, and underlined to ensure that you get this final message loud and clear. Don't ever do anything that will cause your young athletes to think less of themselves or of you. Let me repeat that because it is so important. Don't ever do anything that will cause your young athletes to think less of themselves or of you. From Bruce Brown, the founder of Proactive Coaching. Your children's success or lack of success in sports does not indicate the kind of parent you are, but having an athlete that is coachable, respectful, a great teammate, mentally tough, resilient, and tries their best is a direct reflection of your parenting. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 29, my final episode, and all of my episodes of my Raising Young Athletes podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be an even better sport parent, please visit my website, drjimtaylor.com, or email me at jim at drjimtaylor.com.